Hello, this is Fiona, host and regular GM for What Am I Rolling? Just a quick content note here about this episode's one-shot of Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu is a horror role-playing game inspired by the Cthulhu mythos from the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Now, many folk know that H.P. Lovecraft was, himself, an incredibly problematic figure. And I wanted to make it clear on this podcast right at the top of the episodes that here on this podcast we do not condone any of his views or beliefs. The Call of Cthulhu RPG is inspired by Lovecraft's work, and as such, we could say we take this inspiration and use it to create stories which do not contain these views or these beliefs. But we must acknowledge, and I do so here for the record, that Lovecraft was, undeniably, a racist, anti-Semitic, a misogynist, and many more things besides. And honestly, sometimes you cannot separate the art from the artist, and I think it's important to acknowledge that in some way. I also want to put in some content warnings for the scenario that we are playing in this one-shot. Content warnings for this one-shot include kidnapping, gunfire, stabbings, PTSD, violence, gore, body horror, dead bodies, and supernatural horror. Therefore, this episode may not be suitable listening for children, and may not be safe for work listening either. You have been warned, and thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Hello, and welcome to What Am I Rolling? A twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, hosted by me, Fiona. This is part two of our Call of Cthulhu one-shot, so make sure you've listened to the first part before continuing on with this episode. To briefly recap, David and Sam are playing two would-be investigators, Mr. Alexander Ryan Greylock and Mr. Jessamine Alton, respectively. They are currently visiting the unassuming town of Bennington in South Vermont for research purposes to help Mr. Greylock with his next writing venture. During their visit, they learn that the daughter of a local industrialist has been kidnapped by the Harris gang. After the ransom payoff went horribly wrong, ending in a violent gunfight on the edge of the forest, the sheriff of the town has asked every man and woman to join their search party and help bring these criminals to justice. Our two investigators jumped at the chance and are now making their way through the deep, dark woods of South Vermont, searching for Jane. However, all is not what it seems in this forest. The yellow fauna and the yellow leaves spreading like a carpet throughout the wood. Weird dreams at night. People going missing and an ever-so-slight feeling something or someone is in there with them. Remember, players use percentile dice, with results ranging from 1 to 100, to determine success or failure of their actions. Every player's stat is intended to be compatible with the notion that there is a probability of success for a particular action, given what the player is capable of doing. For example, a player may have a 75% chance of being able to track footprints leading away from a crime scene. This is represented by having the number 75 in the tracking skill. Therefore, rolling a number equal to or under 75 would yield a success in this example. Rolling half or less under the skill level, so in this example 37 or less, is considered a hard success. Rolling a fifth or less of the skill level, so 15 or under in this example, would be an extreme success and these may yield some extra bonuses to be determined by the Keeper. 
If the player can justify through their investigator's actions, they can push a failed roll. Pushing a roll allows the player to roll the dice a second time. However, the stakes are raised, and if they fail for a second time, the keeper gets to enact a dire consequence upon that character. Players can, optionally, also spend their luck points to bring the results of the skill check down, point for point, and as a result, change the level of success. Whenever players encounter the horrors of the mythos or come across something mundane yet horrific, they must make a percentile roll against their current sanity score. If they roll over their current sanity, they will lose a greater amount of sanity points. If an investigator loses five or more sanity points as the consequence of a single sanity roll, they have suffered major emotional trauma. The player must roll again, and if the result is equal to or less than their intelligence stat, the investigator fully understands what has been seen and is temporarily afflicted by some form of psychosis. When the player fails a sanity roll, the keeper gets to momentarily control their next action as the fear takes hold of them. I don't want to get too bogged down in how to play Call of Cthulhu, as I couldn't do it justice in the time we have, especially the combat rules. However, if you're keen to learn more, the quick start rules can be found for free on the official Chaosium website, that's www.chaosium.com, along with a free solo adventure, Alone Against the Flames, to download and try. There are also some great video guides on some of the more complicated game mechanics of Call of Cthulhu on YouTube, which I will link in the episode show notes. Also, quick spoiler alert here. In this one shot, we are playing Amidst the Ancient Trees scenario, which is found in the back of the Call of Cthulhu Keeper rulebook. If you're planning on playing in this scenario and do not wish to be spoiled, stop listening now and come back when you're ready. One last thing before we begin. Naturally, there are times in this one shot where the players and myself, mostly myself, get the rules wrong or forget something plot-wise. Whilst we always endeavor to stick to the rules wherever possible, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes. What matters most is that everyone enjoys themselves. And with all that out of the way, let's get back to Call of Cthulhu. Uh, thank you for your time, Mrs. Stanton. Pleasure. Uh, your work. Are you sure? I just have to wait a couple of hours. I can come back for you. I think we'll uh, make our own way. Who knows? We may come across something interesting yet. Ah, that's that'll be interesting. I'll, I'll let the foreman know. If you if you make it to the reservoir, there'll be a gate. Ask for uh, Carl White. And that's your foreman, is it? Mm-hmm. And keep your eyes out for that young cookie. Oh, I will. Sorry, you said that she was missing. Oh well, yes, two weeks. Wait, did she just? Up and leave, or honestly, we're not sure. Well, we'll keep an eye out for her. I mean, the words are no place for a, for a young girl. Oh, and one more thing you have your local man, am I correct? Uh, I don't suppose you've seen Sydney Harris. Who's that? Uh, Eugene Clayton. Oh, I think I saw her. Uh, some posters, right? There's some in uh, Woodford, uh, wanted posters. I recognize the name. I've never met them myself. Why, are they are they out in the forest? Who knows? Uh, just, well, you'll have to forgive me. It's, uh, this, they are um, an old acquaintance of mine. Uh, someone I knew from back in the war. Fair enough. Like, I just, you know, you understand that uh, the reservoir is 
Mr. Strong's pride and joy. If any trouble comes up happening there, but we need to know about it. You understand, right? Yeah, yes, of course. Right. Well. It sounds like you're doing a spot-on job there. Well, if you make it up there, maybe we'll take you on a little tour. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, we'll keep an eye out for Miss Strong. Of course. Safe travels. Instead of I see you, my friend. Gets in the car, like, starts up the engine and drives and goes into the distance and then disappears. Everyone here gives me the creeps. What a load of absolute bupkits. He didn't We're, know about this young lady going missing. We've established that he was lying. Lying or strangely ignorant. Did he sort of, sort of come to you and say, why didn't you tell him that Harris took Jane? Surely if, if, it, you know, if they're worried about people with guns, they need to know about it. The sheriff said that people from every single town had been sent out on this search. This is a man from the nearby town who just came from there, who claimed to have no knowledge of it. And yet it's seen the posters. Seen the posters, but, I mean, Mr. Strong, I mean, forgive me, like, you, you two are from out of town, so you wouldn't know, but Mr. Strong is very powerful around here. He says you need to go do a, a survey, you do that survey. He might have not been in town for many weeks, and just to get supplies. This might be the first run in several days, several weeks even. So. You might be right, and I'm sure I'm just being overly no, cautious. I, I, hey, it's good to be overly cautious. You know, we don't know. That could have been that could have been Harris in that truck. We didn't even check the truck. Maybe Jane could have been inside. Like, who knows? I'm sure of that, but what were we going to do? Stop and search them? I mean... Sadly, I did not think that I would be needed to be a police officer before this whole thing began, like I was given a choice. <laughs> And she sort of shows you her book, like she's done a quick sketch and stuff like that. Now, I'm just trying to think about all the possibilities, you know, all the angles. That's wonderful, Lydia. And do feel free next time to come up with these possibilities at the most apt moment rather than coming up with them in the form of private <laughs> site, I would have to share. I didn't want to interrupt. I just like riding. What do you think, Miss Alderton? I think we carry on, as you say. Well, we have two options. We go to the reservoir and we see what's going on there. I don't like it. Or we proceed through the forest. Does well, the I'm... track lead on into the forest or is it probably not going to be able to check? I mean, the, you, the track itself, like, the forest is not, like, over canoping, like, the road, like one of those cool-ass pictures you see. So you could follow the road, but there just doesn't seem to be... It just seems like it just stretch goes on forever, and it looks like all things more Midwest, I'd say, than uh, yeah, East Coast. It just looks like the same, no matter how you go. Maybe you go for another hundred feet, and the trees look the same, the road looks the same. It, like, it's almost as if you're on like a rotating pattern. So you don't. It's very hard to keep your bearings about like how far you've gone along down the road mm. if you were going to do that. And the, the track of the. Um... The individuals fleeing, have we have we now lost that? Or? You had lost it, but you're, you're not too far from where you lost it, I'd say. You could easily sort of go double back the way you find it and then do another check to see if you could find it. Or you could just, because you knew they were, from what you were sort of mapping, they were going in a north-easterly direction as well, a little bit towards the, the reservoir. So maybe you could like follow on the road, maybe you see something else there as well. I say tracking through the forest is getting us nowhere. We are clearly not the people for this task. We stay on the road for a little bit, see if anything, uh, anything comes up, anything makes itself known. Absolutely. Yeah. So walking along the road? Yes. Can everyone make for me a spot hidden check? 
Spot hidden or tracking, but I assume it's going to be spot hidden. Nope. 92. Nine, 91. So I want to push it. Ooh. Lydia is going to push her roll, for sure. I'll, I'll push it. 84, no. No, all right. I'll push it. All right. No? 100. <gasps> you too. <laughs> All right. Why am I never rolling this high when we play D and D? At the minute, I don't need to. The dice are like, oh, okay, bye. Do you walk into a tree? I walk into my own grave and die. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with uh, Miss Alton first. Alton. That means you live. <laughs> <laughs> you said you got some proper boots, didn't you? Yes. It's one of those things where you sort of um, you start walking. And something's not right. Oh, you're like, mm, these shoes, oh, I've not worn them in properly. And you have really bad blisters as a result. <laughs> the pain of it is like, and you have to stop several times. You're like, hang on, hang on. And you pull it out. And they're quite red raw by this point. It's one of those things where you didn't really check them before you set out. Just incredibly pain. So going forward, it's not going to be any disadvantage or anything, but like the pain of it is constantly there. You're constantly focusing on that rather than your own surroundings, I'd say. Is the track relatively solid? It is. Uh, like, it's uh, like a dirt road, essentially. Are you, are you going to try and take, take your shoes off and walk in it? Is that what you said? No, I'll take my shoes off and swap back to my, um, my high-heeled oxids. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me for a piggyback. <laughs> <laughs> Mid-heel oxids, rather. Fine, no worries. Uh, Mr. Greylock, with that critical fumble... <clears throat> Oh, I'm going to be mean. Oh, I'm going to be mean. There's a moment, maybe about an hour or two into your journey, where you go, where's the rifle? You actually left it whilst you were picking up camp. You don't have it anymore. I'm taking that gun away from you, my friend. Son of a <laughs> bitch! <laughs> you just, it's just that moment where you just sort of stop. And maybe that's why you like sort of when you were talking to him because like I think because uh, uh, Lydia would have mentioned that oh let's draw weapons and you're like yeah yeah sure you didn't have the rifle in your hand why would you like you just found the road. The rest of the party here is a sudden endless stream of swear words. Mr. Greylock, you fathead, what are you swearing about? <laughs> I've not got my fucking rifle. Oh well, neither of us have spotted that either, so don't take it too badly. Ah. Nothing to bust your own chops after. Fuck. Lydia with her extreme success. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was a seven, incredibly. I was like, well. She's sort of gone ahead of you guys a little bit, as, as I guess uh, Miss Olsen is trying to calm down Mr. Greylock. Like, oh, it's okay, we'll get you another one. And you just hear, like, a, <gasps> as you sort of look to her, she's gone maybe about ten feet or so. And she sort of points. And at the edge of the forest, like, cutting across from you, is a large... Bloodstain. Massive. Holds her hand up to, to her, her mouth. Every cloud. I don't think this quite falls under the definition of a silver lining. Um, Miss Lydia, are you all right? Something was here. Like, I, I don't think it was big enough to be deer or a moose. Like, look, and she sort of points. And now you see it like, going back into the forest. Like, again, coming across your path completely. Branches, the brambles and stuff. But... It's weird, it's coming from a different direction. It's not been the tracks we've been following. And there's a lot more blood. 
I want to kneel by the blood and press two fingers to it, feel if it's warm. It's not warm, but it's definitely fresh. The splatter of the blood, is it like something was bleeding as it was moving through, or it was hit on the road and dumped? That's a very good question. That's a very good question. You can make for me either a first aid or a survival. Uh, or a medicine, sorry. I will do a first aid, because I'm good at that. Mother wanted me to be a nurse. No. It's very hard to tell. It's only on... Actually, looking across the road, it's not necessarily blood spatter on the road itself, but on the other side, you see it goes up and up. All you can tell is that it's a lot of blood, like clearly coming from, you think maybe the left side, I don't know, but as if it's sort of gouging out and whatever it is, it's just tearing through the forest at a horrific pace. You can see there's like broken foliage, broken twigs, like something came through here and did not care for stealth. It's fresh and it's cold. Not something we can ignore. No. What if it's Jane? Well, then we need to find her. Most likely it's wounded gang member, but we'll, uh, we'll follow it. But it's coming from the other direction. Did you think they saw something and then, and then turned back? Like, I've never seen well, that much blood before. We know they were running. Could have seen a bear. If you're tired, injured, maybe out of bullets. Is there any smell? No, there won't be any smell left over. Smell of what, sorry, Sam? Gun smoke, it would have... No. You Actually, having a quick look around, I won't make you check for it, but you can't see any bullet holes, you can't find any bullet casing or anything like that. And I, I will yeah. say as well, you've not heard any gunshots mm. in the last 12 hours, as you've been in this forest. Let's find where this blood is leading. Yes. Hey, Rabbi, dear, would you like a sniff of my papers? I'm quite all right, thank you. Whatever it is, it's not Jane. Hope for the best, expect for the worst, my dear. What Miss Alderson means is we're quite sure it's not. Okay. I'm sure it's fine. What is the marching order? Well, seeing as now Mr. Greylock is right for us, shall I hold the front, my dear? Please. It still hurts. <laughs> All right, so you're going to have Miss Alderton, <laughs> Mr. Greylock, and then... Lady Bodyguards. <laughs> Identify <laughs> me as a man of means. So you follow the trail. And maybe about half a mile or so, your foot, Miss Alderton, hits something. And you look down. It is a discarded hunting knife that is old and rusty and covered in sticky, semi-dried blood. And maybe you look up from that and you see at the corner of a clearing something on the ground. I'm going to carefully approach. I'll follow. Got the knife. For all the use that's going to do me right now. You maybe pull back some foliage, and I'm going to send you guys something on WhatsApp. Ooh. Gosh darn it. That'll be great now, a rifle. As Mr. Greylock goes and pulls back a branch or two, you see a body. Body of a young man, dressed in sort of overalls and a yellow shirt, and he's quite clearly dead. The blood is coming out of the left side of him. He's clearly had some sort of horrific knife attack, which he has badly tried to bandage up. Because this is your first time seeing a dead body, I need you both to roll sanity checks for me, please. Ooh. I, I'm cheating with backstory now. Would it be my first time seeing a dead body? You're seeing a dead body the way you're not supposed to be it's right. not expecting it. So you're seeing a dead body. 
Sure. You get PTSD flashbacks. Yeah, that makes sense. I, two, two. Pass, 53. Oh, thank God. 19. And you both pass? Yeah. Nice. Yep. All right. Oh, and you keep forgetting about Lydia. You keep forgetting about Lydia. Dream success. And you don't take any fancy loss for that because it's just a zero. So there's a moment where you're all stunned and, and Lydia sort of holds back, turns around, and sort of starts to dry heave a little bit. But you two are sort of a bit more stoic with it because it's like, oh God. But yeah, Lily quite dead and has been dead possibly a day or two. The flies around him starting to sort of stick on to the, the wound in his side. There's definitely the smell of decay starting to permeate into the air. And there's that taste, a little bit of taste of this of the mulch and the death and the blood. It's also coagulating at the back of your throats. Standing a few feet back, I go, Mr. Greylock, does he uh, match the description of any of the ne'er-do-wells? Does he? He does not. No. No, this is someone else. Uh, I'm going to carefully search the pockets for any sort of identification. That's fine. Um, you don't find any identification, but what you do get, again, maybe just gently turning him over a little bit, like... First of all, it's a horrific sight. You turn him over, the eyes dead straight, shock, fear, looking up almost into you, which is like, ugh, kind of moment. His overalls he's wearing are flecked with little bits of paint. Miss hmm. Alderson sprays some perfume on a handkerchief, puts it to her mouth, walks over and tries to look at the wound, if she can gather any more detail about its origins. Hmm, sounds good. Make for me a first aid check. Ooh, that's 34. That's nice. good. Yeah, success. Looking at it, you very expertly say he died from a knife wound. Oh, you um, said it was a knife wound. It's fine. Oh, and it's, of course we found the knife. Why did I even waste a good roll? It's fine. That? No, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. Works. No. <laughs> it's fine. You you surmise that, yeah, it is probably a knife wound. Quite a deep <laughs> cut. Like he must have been running, like looking back, this blood, he must have been steadily bleeding out for at least a day or two. Even like he bandaged the best he could, but you're impressed he, he survived this long with a wound. If he's like looking back and you're thinking back, back to the road, well, so that's half a mile away. He must have been running at full pelt. How did he survive so long? Something must have scared him. Something must have really frightened him to try and run and get away, whatever it was, with a wound like that. I was just going to quickly say with my first aid, would I spot any bruises on the knuckles of blood under the nails? Ooh, so if he's been in a fight or something. Did he get to defend himself or did he just run? Ooh. I mean, you can see there is definitely bruising around the knuckles, um, mm. but no blood, no nothing like that. If anything, you can actually see round the hand. There looks like there was like some sort of rope, perhaps, uh, as almost as if it had been tied up, and maybe some scratches on the hands, perhaps, but nothing. It looks like he took a complete beating. I'll put it that way. In my search for like identification, would I have found anything else or no, his pockets are empty, no wallet, no keys, nothing. Lydia, could you be an absolute cookie and just uh, if you can stomach it, make a quick sketch of the gentleman's face. We could show it around and maybe get some identification. Um I, I, I can try. Is this anyone you recognize, Lydia? No, but well, I don't think it's one of the hunters. I don't think this is Brian Hall? Is that what Alistair Larson said? I don't think that's him. Or, and it, this, and this person does look a lot older. Like, it doesn't look like a, 
an older man or a young boy, definitely somewhere in the mid-twenties. With the ties around the wrists, he doesn't look particularly wealthy. These are overalls. I don't think it's our kidnappers, but at the same point, it's the only logical conclusion. Why would someone tie him up? Maybe the poor man saw something he wasn't supposed to, or ran into the wrong kind of people. Certainly an option. Lydia sort of points the overalls. Well, what do you think those are? Those flecks? Is that paint? Looks like it. But who's painting? We're in the middle of a forest. So he's still doing construction work at the reservoir? No, no, there's, there was a mention of paint. There's something recently. Oh, who was it? And she starts to flick back through her notes. <laughs> I don't have anything about paint. Is there any kind of check I can do to get a hint at this? Yeah, I think, to be fair, I, I feel the code. Try um, history. Come on. Yes, 34. You remember the, the Lawsons, the hunters? They said something about an artist camp. Uh, they met oh, some artists yes. a few days out close to the reservoir. About a mile yep. out of Somerset. The artists. You think, well, you think it's one of them? It's the best lead we have. Is the knife like, like I don't know how you would describe it as an arty knife? Does it? So does it's it like look, a hunting knife. Oh, it was yeah, a hunting. Yeah, it's, it's not like a palette knife. No, it's a it's a hunting knife. And actually, if going to look at it, um, it's rusty and old. You've seen hunting knives before, but this looks well used, like as if it's been out in the air in the forest for a long time, but covered in semi-dried blood. Hmm. Are we anywhere near Somerset? Working it out, you're kind of making your way there, going back. If you follow this route back, you could probably get where you think you need to be. If you were aiming to, if you want to try and backtrack where this guy came from, for sure. The hunter said it was like a day or two out from the reservoir. I then, think we head that way. But Lydia sort of goes, well, I mean, is that wise? Like, uh, I, I mean, we're here to try and find Jay. Whatever happened to, to obviously, it's, it's very sad what happened, but what if whatever killed this, this young man is waiting there for us, for anyone? Well, first of all, I don't see a bear hiding in wait. We're in the middle of Vermont. I, I doubt we're going to come across any sort of enemy soldier. I think if this man is from the camp and he's something has happened to him, he's been tied up. This might have a quite a simple explanation, but we need to let someone know. The road we, we were on, mm -hmm. does it go anywhere apart from town to reservoir? From the brief look that you were on it for, maybe about half an hour or so, you didn't see any other... Cutoffs. You didn't see any of the tracks that led off at you know odd angles in the forest. It looks like a pretty straight dirt track. You think probably has been carved out specifically to go towards Somerset. You ask me, it's all leading there. We're all heading the right sort of direction anyway, aren't we? So it's a minor detour. We're supposed to be in here a few days anyway. The artist camp. Yes. Let's keep heading up the track towards Somerset. Yes. Uh, uh are we following the way this poor guy came from? Because he, he wasn't on the road. He really cut from the other side of the forest across the thing. So imagine like a, um, a crossroads, essentially, the road going up to the north, and then the tracks. his tracks come across east to west. Do his okay. tracks lead in the sort of general direction of where we think the camp will be? You're not sure. 
from the brief conversation you had with those hunters, they said there was like a day or so outside of Somerset, but you don't know if that's like right directly beneath Somerset yeah, uh, all the way on the other side. Yeah. I say we follow the tracks. I know we're bad at it, but yeah. All right. So if you're following the tracks, uh, you sort of go back over. Are you taking the hunting knife with you? The one that's covered in blood? Yeah. All right. One of you can write down rusty hunting knife, brackets, covered in dry blood. Maybe try and wash that thing off. We don't want to be caught with it. People make assumptions. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I wrap it in like a bit of napkin or whatever, and I put it in the, um, in the pack with the camping supplies. Yeah, and as you wrap it, maybe a little bit of blood gets on your hand as well, but it's easy enough to just clean away. Yeah. So again, this, it being on your hand, this gives you a shiver. Still not used to that. Can't mention you ever would be. So, uh, I'd like someone to make either, well, I think either, I'm going to say either a track or a spot hidden with a bonus dice, because there's a lot of blood. Uh, I'll, I'll do the spot hidden, unless you want to do it, Sam. No, go for it. Nah. No? At lowest is 59. You're the worst at this game. So you start making your way over the side of the road following these blood trails, and it gets to a point where it's just overwhelming. I think uh, Miss Alton, Alderton, sorry, I keep saying your name wrong, you have to keep changing back into your fucking boots, and the agony of your, your blisters, it's starting to really dig in now, so you're going at a much slower pace. The blood itself is such a striking contrast against the yellow leaves on the ground and then the looking up the sort of the darker yellow canopy and it kind of hits you maybe about two or three hours into the walk this it's only the 29th of june sunday the 29th of june it's june why is everything yellow why is it acting as if it's fall it's another weird thing i guess with the forest keep making your way and a couple of hours later you still it's weird you you're just not getting anywhere. Trees looking so similar. The blood still goes. You, you know, you think you're making progress, but you don't know. And it gets to almost dusk and you hear sort of uh, Lydia go, I don't know if we can push on in this light. I think you're right. I think we should uh, call it a day. Looks like Ms. Alderton has suffered enough. Yes. I don't think I could do much more of this. Well, that's... Set up camp. I think we all need some rest after today. And you both make for me spot hidden rolls. And tell me what you get. 53. Oh, is that a success? No. No. I got a success with 31. Uh, oh, I need to roll for Lydia. I keep forgetting. No, I didn't get it either. Miss Alton, there's a moment when you're setting up camp and there's just a glint. Maybe about feet. The forest rises up a little bit and there's maybe an outcrop of a rock and you just see a little glint at the top of it. Just catches your eye and then it disappears. Metallic? You don't know with that check. Mm. I caught something on the top of those rocks but I couldn't see what it was. How far away? 200 feet. Quite away. How light is it? It's getting towards dusk. I'm going to go have a quick look. I'll join you. Can someone roll, uh, whoever's got the lowest luck, roll me a luck check, 
think. That's probably me. I think I've got 48 luck. Yeah, that's less than me. All right. Oh, 50. Can you use luck on luck? You can't use luck on luck, unfortunately. So uh, you two are going up towards this rock, right? Yeah. Together. Are you stealthing or are you just walking up normally? Well, now that you say that... Yeah. I, oh. I, I think even a, like, even a failed stealth is better than just plainly walking up. Yeah. <laughs> In character right. decision, stealthing is probably the best idea, considering we've just seen a fucking dead body. Yeah, I'm yeah no, I just wanted to double check. Okay, yeah, yeah. feel free to roll stealth. No. What's a fifth of 20? Five. Super critical success. Nice, very good. Four. I got 89. You are not selfie at all. So, Mr. Greylock, you sort of... My feet. I am the knight. That's that's probably quite true. You are struggling a bit, Miss Alton. You said, oh, I'll come with you, Mr. Greylock. And Mr. Greylock makes probably a beeline to be ne- close to some trees, you know, just making sure. You just got, you maybe stop for a second to go, ah, my feet. And just as you sort of duck, a sort of shot rings out. And the tree next to you, Miss Alton, it sort of shatters an impact as a bullet goes into it. You hear, both of you hear, well, all three of you, sorry, hear a cry saying, don't come any closer! I duck behind the tree. Okay, you duck behind the tree. <laughs> Lydia is like, you just see it, she's setting up camp, she's just directly onto the ground. What's going on with me? You see the shot, you see Miss Alton like, duck behind the tree, you hear the, that noise. You, you probably made it about maybe 30 or so feet towards where Miss Alton pointed out. Okay. Uh, the light. I'm going to proceed. Because I think I've I'm not been seen. I'll continue talking to yes, the guy. Your distractions. What are you doing, Miss Alton? We don't mean you any harm. We were just uh, walking through the woods. Um, who, who are you? Liars! Liars! Get out! Get out! We can help. Honestly, there's some terrible things happening in these woods. Please, we just we lost our way. No need for gunfire, my good man. Bloody hell. You're just as bad. You've come for me. You've come for me. Come for you? No. Are you talking about that poor chap we found earlier? Yeah, another bullet rings out into the tree where you are, Mr. Alton. But again, because you're ducked, uh, it just breaks into the impact. You hear like a... As the rifle is being reloaded. Right. Yeah, you're getting much, much closer. You think you've not been spotted, Mr. Greylock. And as you're getting closer to sort of this bit, you're sort of dodging your way around. Thankfully for Miss Alton sort of keeping this person, you sort of are about, I'd say, 50 feet away. Okay, can I see the person yet? You can. Uh, this, it's, this whole sort of outcrop is covered in sort of foliage and sort of bushes, and you can see there's someone at the top with a gun, and you can see even from this distance they are shaking. The world sort of like uh, yelling and, and sort of like a craze sort of cries. Whoever is at the top of this thing, it's clearly not well. Okay. And it's clearly prone to shooting. I want to get as sort of close as I can more remaining in cover. Okay. It just let me know like how much of a straight shot I have to get to this guy if he's firing. I need to stop him. What I would say, I think you need to do another stealth check to get up. I'm guessing you're going to try and dodge, get, get behind him. Um, yeah. Because uh, Miss Alterton is distracting, you'll get a bonus die to this. So stealth with a bonus die. I mean, it's still not going to fucking work. It's a 20. Nope. Nope. Okay. You hear this again, this sort of a... And then your foot maybe slips on a rock and you, sit, and you just see this person wheel around, like lock eyes with you, and you recognise him, Mr. Greylock. He was on one of the posters back in town. This, this looks like to be Eugene Clayton. 
this sort of wild eyes, sort of like green eyes, bloodshot. He's like, stay away, stay away. He's going to try and make a shot at you. Oh, fuck. Very close to him. He shoots the bullet. You sort of like duck down, passes with his past your head and miss. Can I charge up to him while he's reloading? It's a bolt action. Right, yeah, I'm going to just sprint out him with the knife and try and... Get the, well, I want to get the weapon away from him more than anything. Do you want to try knife, not, not the creepy hunting knife. Yeah, yeah, my, <laughs> my self-defense knife. Okay, um, you want to disarm him, I'm guessing. Yeah. We'll do, actually, we'll do like a quick combat. Um, <laughs> so I need to know people's dex scores for me, please. 40. So, 70. Okay, uh, so Lydia sees uh, what is happening, sees there's like almost going to be an altercation at the top, sees that Eugene is like rounding on uh, Mr. Baylock, and she's like, ah! And so she's going to try and shoot from range her firearms. Don't get a uh, hundred. Well, yeah. She's going to try at least... Not with that, no. She goes to, sh- to try and shoot at, at Eugene, but there's a handgun, there's no range to it, and they're like, they're far away, so she's trying to shoot, it just hits off uh, into the dirt, uh, maybe a couple of feet before the outcropping. Just blast! And she starts trying to run forward. Um, it's then your go, Sam. So uh, you can choose to do, basically it's one action. And movement is sort of free-flowing, I'd say, as well. So you can choose to shoot, uh, you can choose to, to fight, maybe fisticuffs or whatever, or you could choose a manoeuvre or to dodge. And manoeuvres are like disarming someone, pushing someone down the stairs, etc. If uh, Mr Greylock and I are both trying to kind of wrestle this guy and disarm him, would that provide a bonus if we were trying to help each other do the same thing? It would definitely help a bonus, but you are quite far away. Yeah. Okay, in which case I will move a little bit closer and try and shoot him in the arm. Okay, sure. You are about sort of maybe about 170 feet away. You can, I'd say, you can, I, we'll do it like almost like the Indy says, you'll get maybe about within 100 feet, like you're sort of dashing, but it, you're like, and then you're getting the, you've got a handgun, haven't you? Yeah. There's going to be a disadvantage, unfortunately. The range is quite far on this. Okay. And yeah, use your firearms, a handgun skill. Tell me what you get. Okay, I got 17 and 77, so no. No. All right. So yeah, so you just you, you just shoot, and again, like, pew, just maybe hits off the outcropping this time. Like, nowhere near Eugene. Eugene is going to try and shoot you, Mr. Greylock. He's going to do so at disadvantage, for reasons you don't know. Barely a failure. Ooh, you're so lucky. So you are rushing. You, it is yeah. a failure. I fucked this up. Sorry, you were going to do a maneuver. Aren't you? Yeah, disarming him. So you need yes, yeah, so you need to roll that. Sorry, that's uh, no, that's okay. That's well, a well. fighting, fighting, brawling. Just twenty five. Okay. Yeah. I'll still keep his roll. He fails. Uh, Fifty three. Fifty three. Okay, so nothing happens. That's all it is. He doesn't because he doesn't get you with the goal because it's both failures. It just yeah. cancels each other out, so that's my bad. Okay. You, you sort of like duck out the way, and he shoots, and he's like, ah! But it is now your go. Oh. Um, yeah. You've not managed to throw the gun away or anything like that. You've not man- you've, you were able to get to him to disable, to disable it, and he's missed you. What can I still do? You've got your action to sort of, like, like I said, you could, try and, you could definitely try and headbutt him, for sure. Yep. You can try and do the manoeuvre and disarm him completely. Again, try and shoot him if you had a, sh- if you had a gun. I don't have a gun. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to keep trying to get the rifle off him. Okay, so th- then do a uh, a fight back, uh, a, f- brawling, a fight brawling. It? Yeah, and he's going to he's going to dodge if he can. Okay. 
88. Uh, it's really bad. Um, so that, yeah, so you got a failure, he got a failure, it counts out. Um, you, he tries to, and he sort of backs away from you, like trying to get away from you, uh, but you sort of maybe like, you sort of pull him back. Uh, so he's not managed to get out and get away from you. He's still yeah. sort of there. Back to the top of the round, Lydia. She is, she's just basically going to make a beeline for him, trying to going to try and help you. So she's going to use all her sort of action to try and get up next to next to you. Okay, I'll I'll keep racing up. I think Lydia's got the right idea. If I keep going, actually no, I'll shoot the guy on the arm because if I manage to, oh no, he's they are right in wrestling now, so that would be very risky. I'm going to just run in. Run in? Okay, yeah. So I, I'll say with the ease of this that you're all up there with him. Is then Eugene's go. Eugene is going to, seeing that three of you have come up and two of you have guns, ugh, and drops the gun. He's all right, all right, all right. Enough, enough. And you can see looking at him very close, we'll go out of combat now. Um, looking at him very, very close, he is sweating. Like the speeds of sweat are coming down his sort of very greasy, long brownish hair that is sort of swept back a little bit. Um, his horrible, like acne filled face and maybe a little bit of a, a missing tooth. But he's like, enough. All right. All right. Just take me back to town. I don't want to be in this fucking forest any longer. I pick up the gun, um, kind of step back, rifle pointed at him. Uh, first of all, I want to check it for how many bullets it's got left in it. <laughs> it's got no bullets left in it. Bullets, where are they? <laughs> that was the last ones, mate. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't understand. Fuck me. Like, just, just fucking get me back to town. I just can't live in this forest anymore. What, what, what's wrong with the forest? <laughs> just, I just want to get out of here, man. Fucking Sydney. I just want to... I didn't even want this. What has Sydney done? What is, this is all his fucking plan, isn't it? Fucking get Jane, get all this precious metals that Mr. Strong has, and then we'll fucking flee to the Canadian border. He fucked up big time, didn't he? All I wanted was a little bit of money... A little bit, and it'd been fine. Tell me everything that happened. Why are you? What's happened to you? And you can see he's sort, of, he's sort of sitting back, and you can see now that his leg is bleeding quite profusely. Mm. My boy, what to do that? And you could have killed me, you fool. Thought you were one of them. <laughs> they only come at night, so. Who? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> ever since, ever since two nights ago, when we. Oh, fucking, fucking Sydney with his his twitchy fingers. He got got scared, didn't he? He he started. She was sort of saying that he wanted more money, wanted more from Mister Strong, and they said no. We wanted Jane. They wanted Jane, and he, he killed them cops. And then he fled back into the forest, and I turned tail too, and fucking shot me, didn't they? I lost. I lost Sydney in the forest. I struggled for fucking miles, trying to get back to where where we were, where where Chris is, but. Something in here, man. I saw it. I saw it watching me last night. It just stood there. I shot at it and it just walked away. I shot it in the head and it didn't, didn't fall down. Whatever it was. Man, it's clearly mad. I gotta give up. Fuck it. Look, I, I'll take you to, I'll tell you where Sydney is. I'll tell you where Jane is. I just. I don't want to be in this forest anymore. Where's Jane? Where's the girl? There's a cabin. Like, and he sort of points behind him, sort of northeastly direction. Like two miles that way. That's where we kept her. 
She was totally fine. Just a good little strong girl. Doing exactly what she did. She just wanted to get home to daddy. All fine. We didn't touch her. Don't think anything of that. As much as I'd like to see this man put behind bars, I feel our prerogative here should be the girl. I sort of... I'm keeping the rifle. <laughs> Back into you know, it, man. <laughs> you know that it's, it's, it's already night. Fine, just call people. There must be other parties out here, right, searching for Sydney. I'm happy to testify. I don't care. I don't care. Maybe we tie him up, sleep the night, and then make, make a move in the morning. I agree. I think that is the best idea this one can... You don't want to sleep here. You don't want to sleep in this forest. We've already done it. It's fine. You're just deranged. You've done it. He slept here. And he, and he looks around at all of you and looks at Lydia. Well, she knows. She's seen it. She's, she's had one of them dreams. And Lydia is sort of like, how do you know that? We've all had them. We've been in this forest for weeks. At first we thought it was something in the water, something in the alcohol, but no, this, this forest does things to you. There's horrible, horrible dreams. Dreams of drowning, dreams of something, a lake with dark water, uh, dreams of, of a cabin, forest itself, yellow leaves. Anyone else have anything they want to ask this man? They're just dreams. Get yourself together, man. <laughs> you can sort of see he sort of is descending into sort of a hysteria, like sort of like gently sort of weeping, crying. I think maybe, well, I don't know. Do you sort of bind his wound a little bit or not? Do you just leave him there? The wound? Is it the gunshot? Mm-hmm. You would surmise that that was the, sort of the blood trail you were kind of following before you saw the artist's body. Can I use the butt of the rifle to knock him out? I'd say that's easy enough. You don't have to. Yeah. Like, he's, he's... Mr. Greylock, good one. <laughs> people, people lost perspective in the trenches. We just you knock them out for a bit, tie them up a bit, and when they wake up, they are normally fine. Let's hope so. I'll deal into the wound. Make a first aid check. Badly. <laughs> you do the best you can under the circumstances. I want to go over to Lydia. And I'm just going to put my hand on her shoulder. They are just dreams. This man had lost a lot of blood that affects people in unusual ways. I'm sure you're right, Mr. Mr. Greylock, but George, the boy, he had... Dreams. And he said his dad had dreams, his father had dreams. Like, one person is one thing. Four people, that's more than a coincidence. Have you, have you heard anything of a concept of suggestion? I, I, I have heard of a suggestion. I've not heard of the concept. There's a psychological concept that roughly states that when, when you talk to someone, when they say anything that sticks into your mind, a vague idea, like a plant, takes root, this can impact your psyche in some way, a subconscious thought. That's all the dream is. You've heard about this from the boy, and he no doubt told his father who, that 
affected him in some way. And you're being in this creepy place has done the same with you. This man clearly does not know where he is. I would not think for a second on anything he says. You're right. You're right, Mr. Greylock. I just, I just want to find Jane. As well. And we will. We're only two miles away. I hope. I just hope she's not. I hope that she's okay. Like I'm sure she is. Um, let's let's bring the man down to camp. We'll get him tied up, and we'll. I think we're best off gagging him for now. And you just sit there, take a minute for yourself. I'm going to go help Miss Alderton. So she goes back to the campsite and just sort of gets I, things ready, essentially. I go to Miss Alderton. I don't like these dreams. Have you had anything like that? Not so, so far in here, Mr. Mr. Gray, Gray I have to admit to you, it has me somewhat unnerved. Yes, I have to be honest with you, Mr. Greylock, it does have me somewhat concerned, but uh, I've never been shot at before, Mr. Greylock. Are you all right? Yeah. Yeah. Watch. Watch her. Be subtle about it. And maybe use the fact that you've both never been shot at before. Just keep an eye on her. I will. I'll keep an eye on this one. One more night. Find Jane back to town. That's it. One more night. All right. All right. Right. I lift the guy over my shoulder and start heading back to camp. Easy enough. He's a bit like a rag doll on your on your shoulder. He's sort of slumping down. Do you tie him up? Do you? um... Yeah, gonna tie him up and put some put some rope in his mouth as well. Uh, There's plenty of trees around, so you could always tie him to a tree. Or do you just tie his um, hands and... and I'm going to keep him in the centre of camp. Okay. Because, yeah, Mr. Greylock would want to keep an eye on him. Mm-hmm. So, same thing as last night. Who's taking which watch? Like kick off? Make some, uh, a listen check. Cool. That is, ooh, a hard success. Nice. Ooh, very, very good. So, it gets towards sort of midnight, uh, Miss Alderton, and there's a moment, again, silence in this place is quite, it's quite deafening in a way. The only sort of noise you get is from the crack and the pop of the fire as the twigs sort of start to break and burn. And it's very far away. But you hear, like, an explosion? You sort of look up uh, where you think it is. It's sort of coming from the north, northeast still, where, again, all this time you've been sort of heading towards that direction. And you look up, and for a moment in the sky, there's a moment where the clouds in the distance have a dim blue tint to them. It fades away. Now, I want you to make me a spot hidden check. Ooh, not good. 76. Oh, yeah, okay. There's a moment when you see this and you think that's strange. Like, you're trying to work out what does this mean? What, an explosion? Explosion in the forest, what could that be? And you maybe take a couple of minutes to see, like, the, the sort of the, the light dissipate. And then for the rest of your watch, you don't know when it happens. There's a sudden 
feeling. You get that sense at the back of your neck with your sort of hair going up. You feel like you're being watched. You look around, maybe sort of glance into the darkness, gone out. Don't see anything. And then your watch is over. Mr. Greylock. Uh, as we're doing the changeover, mm-hmm. yeah. can I borrow that? Oh, absolutely. Now, uh, Mr. Greylock, I... And then I will relay what I've seen in the strange sensation. Mm-hmm. So keep your eyes out. Thank you. So I need you to do for me a, both a listen, a roll, and a spot hidden. Um, okay, so listen and spot hidden. Mm-hmm. Does it matter which one is first? Uh, as long as you let me know which one is first. Okay, um, I'll do listen first. Actually, I'll do spot hidden because you, after what he's just been told. Yeah, that's good. 58. That's not going to do it. That's a failure. And the listen, 27. So that is, um, it's just a success. Oh, very good. Hearing this knowledge about the feeling of being watched, you are definitely on edge. And as a result, you hear, going towards you, maybe an hour or so into your watch, the crashing or sort of these sort of the movement of another group. And actually, you hit, recognize some of the voices. That's actually another volunteer group from, from Bennington. From the show, and they sort of ha- happen upon your camp, and you see like a, a young man there, his sort of, his sort of own rifle and stuff. What are you guys doing here? We uh, we found this one, and I point at the still unconscious. Oh, he's been out for hours. Yeah, I point at um, Eugene Clayton. Is that Eugene? Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We found this one on the ridge over there. Shot at us. Oh. Nice work, nice work. Oh, we're, we've been seeing some strange things out in these woods, man. We're just, we're fucking done. We're, we're heading back to town. It's, it's the middle of the night. <laughs> we've seen some crazy shit, and frankly, we're done. None of the other parties, like, have even got this far. We have been fucking lost, man, but we, we know there's a road nearby. We're just going to head on to that. It'll take you to the reservoir and... Look, it, it, it's late. There's a fire here. You can see it's still going. Just, you can stay here. And we know where the cabin is. Make for me a psychology check. Oh. Oh, oh I actually am okay at those. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm going to push it. All right, go for it. Fuck, it's the exact same roll. No way! Yeah. 76 both times. <laughs> oh, Thank you kindly, but we're fed up. Like, Boris is eating some bad meat. Had the shits for days. Well, we want to be fucking out of here. Uh, but we'll... All right. I, I understand that. Um, do you want to take him with you? Have a little help. Like, all... we can take him off your hands. He, he wants to go back to town. Apparently he's done. Yeah. Man's ravings, clearly snapped like a twig. Does one of them have a rifle? Yeah, one has a rifle. We're out of bullets. Do you, would you be kind enough just a few? Fine. Uh, one of them throws a clip. You. Take it. Load it in. Now don't Thank spend you. it all at once. That's the hope. Right. The, the posse sort of, you know, grab Eugene, 
and sort of hold him up again. This whole time, he's passed out. You think he's not slept in days. He has, like, the, the shallowness of his breathing compared, and with his bullet wound, he's clearly quite unwell. So maybe he's just raving from the, so the, the rages of a fever. Maybe Sleep he did see something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Fine. They sort of go on, they sort of, well, best of luck, and, well, we couldn't find her, but hope you do. Hope she's okay. We'll get it done by tomorrow. Do me a favor. Make sure they get a car or something to the reservoir for us. We'll go straight there when we have her. You sure you don't want to come back to town if you find her? Why go to the reservoir? Well, it's on the road and it'd be quicker by car. We've been traveling for two days. If you can get a car sent there, we can get her in the car and back to town ah, as soon as possible. I understand. Sorry. We're, we're all, we're you're, all you're, tired. It's uh, tired. You've got a weird British accent. Uh, I don't take kindly to instructions. <laughs> That's quite all right. <laughs> and they do take that on board. And they're like, all right, we'll send, we'll send up a car. That's the reservoir, if you find her. All right, see you back in town. Good night, Mr. Greylock. Did I say my name? I'm assuming you did. Okay. Sorry, it's me, it's me reading <laughs> off your, your thing. That's fine, yeah. And then the rest of your shift. Good night, gentlemen. Passes without instant. Or does it? <laughs> don't, don't take it away from me, Fiona. No. No, your, your shift does. But, Miss Alderton, are you ready for your dream? Oh, no. <laughs> Yellow leaves fall from the thick root. Of branches above, blades of sunlight stab through the darkness. Ahead of you stands a dilapidated log cabin. The door swings slowly open and figures emerge. They advance slowly with purpose. You want to turn and run, but you can't take your eyes away from them. Your muscles strain as your brain cries out for your limbs to work. But you are powerless. The figures wear strange clothes. You hear the first one, a man's voice, as he comes closer. Join with us. Join us in his service. Grace your new destiny and bask in his eternal glory. Its face is a lifeless pale and unblinking one. A dark green smear of corruption spreads down from an empty eye socket. It grins and its skin cracks. Sam, can you make for me a sanity roll? <laughs> 22, so I succeed. You succeed, fantastic. You still take one sanity loss though. Mr. Greylock, are you ready for your dream? No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, go well, on. That's that a shame. Okay. <laughs> you stand on the shore of a stagnant lake. Black, stinking water lies before you, whilst the pale moon above reflects off its oily surface. An unhealthy yellow glow shines through the wooded tree lines surrounding the lake. You feel their presence behind you, blocking your retreat. 
you've stood there for hours, and now you know the time is finally at hand. Strange light pulses from beneath the water. Tendrils rise slowly out of the surface, writhing and twisting in the cold night air. At their ends, lids open and blink, revealing inhuman eyes that look into your soul. An array of metallic spikes begins to thrust upwards as something huge rises to greet the night. Like polished metal, it glistens in the moonlight. The spines wreathe and flex. You feel a sickening stab as something plunges into your chest. You wake screaming. Could you uh, make a sanity roll for me, please? How are you doing that with your voice? Doing what with my voice? <laughs> That's a 95. It's not a fumble. I need you to roll for me. 1d10 sanity loss. Five. Five? Yeah. And Shit, then could, that's a check, isn't it? Could you then roll for me an uh, idea check, please? Uh, hang on, let me just... Do I sorry to take five sanity damage? Still, yeah, still take the five sanity damage. And... Then the, until idea check. See if you understood. And you want to uh, fail this. I did not fail it. Because you understood. I have 80 intelligence. Oh, dear. That's a shame. Roll for me another d10. Um, and tell me what you get. Nine. Oh, I think I know what this is. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to send you something, David, through WhatsApp. Okay. And you have to roleplay it to the best of your ability. Great. Love it. Okay. Oh, you will. And I take it I would put this on my sheet. Yeah. So you, so you can remember it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, will I know which section it goes in? Yes, you will. Okay, great. And until I say otherwise, you have to roleplay that till um, I see fit. Okay. Um, it's in. It's a WhatsApp to you. Yeah, I just saw it. Okay. For Not really. at home, David now thinks he's a bunny rabbit. <laughs> the fucking Duracell bunny man. <laughs> So, you um, all wake up because you screamed, Mr. Greylock. How, how, what does it look like, this sort of scene? He is uh, sat in front of the fire, rocking backwards and forwards, like holding the rifle close to him, mm-hmm. and kind of like with his hands over his ears. Very much kind of like, it looks like a stereotypical shell-shocked soldier. Alex, Alex, are you okay? <laughs> Uh, uh, <clears throat> I, um, I, 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 I fell asleep. bit more than that, my dear. Uh, takes out hip flask, shaking. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I, um, I just, uh, it's, it's fine. Just, um, me- memory from the war. Bad dreams. Yeah, yes, but no, nothing, nothing, um, just the war. I, 
and starts trying to subtly just touch his chest. There's nothing there. Do I spot this? You see it like go towards the chest, but you're more focusing on his sort of face and his sort of thing. Like, you know, he is he has done this before. He's had that, you know, he's had post-traumatic stress, you know. And you've seen it in your own family as well. You remember your brother as well, who had severe shell shock. And so Lydia, again, has sort of kept a little bit back. And she's like, well, as, as long as you're okay, mister. Like, the sooner we find Jane, the sooner we're out of here. Uh, I met her, uh, one, of the, one of the groups. Well, that'll explain why Eugene ain't here. Yes, um, and I got some more uh, bullets for the rifle that I give oh. Miss Alderton back her pistol. Thank you, man. Uh, they, um, I said we're only a couple miles from the uh, from the cabin, and we can go and we'll find her tomorrow. And they're going to send a car to the uh, the reservoir. Uh, they'll pick us up and drive us back to town. So, so well, that is not... some great news. So, so are we are we not going to follow the the blood trail of the of where this artist came from? Then, we, are we? I'm I'm happy. I'd rather go find Jane for sure. We're, uh, we're we're going to we're going to find Jane. That's the that's the priority. That's why we're here. Maybe we can report the artists back to the uh, the sheriff right. when we when we get out of this, this forest. Yeah, like if they've not been spotted by any of the other parties, and well, and then if something attacked them, then well, we might have to be sending out more search parties. Well, it's, we've if we find Jane. We've we've done enough. Okay. You've done enough. You've done enough. Jasmine just squeezes his shoulder and starts to get ready. So, it is the morning of the third day, Sunday the 21st of June, 1925. I guess you all finish up packing the camp and you start to make off in the sort of north, northerly direction towards where you think the cabin is. Can somebody make for me a track check? Not to navigate, because we already know where it is. Well, you know what, well, okay, yeah, I'll go for navigate. Because, yeah, because you've been given directions and sort of following it through. Got a 40 in that, is yours better? Mine's a 10. Okay. So, oh, hello. <laughs> uh, I actually got a hard success. A hey, very, very good. Maybe it's just the way the forest is today, but it seems brighter. And as you're sort of making your way through, like, again, Miss Alderton, you're like, picking up the pace, you have a renewed vigour now. Now that you've got clear directions to where this cabin is, you feel closer and closer to achieving your goal. And with Lydia sort of, again, helping you to pick up the pace, I think, Mr Greylock, you're sort of maybe a little bit further behind, but, you know, with your newfound rifle and with some bullets, you make good pace to the point where you do come across clearing. And in the clearing, maybe beyond the tree line, maybe you stop for a moment, you see a cabin. The cabin itself is old. The windows are boarded up. It looks like it's not been touched in some way. There's almost like the yellow foliage of the trees on the ground and sort of the, the climbing ivy, sort of a pale, sickly yellow now. It's quite quiet. Actually, make, make for me, both of you make for me listen checks. Listen rolls for me. Um, let me just find my listen skill. 31, so a success. Success. Yes. I got 72, so fail. Mr. Greylock. There is no sounds at all here. And actually standing here, you realise the only sounds you could hear was the crunching of the leaves underneath your feet. And you make for me a sanity check for me, please. 
<laughs> and I go off the um, your, not my your... current. I go. No, off. You, you go. No, you go off your current. Oh, if lost, yeah. If you yes, it, oh. as you keep failing it, it keeps going down. Snowball. That's another fail. Okay. Okay. You lose one sanity, realizing sort of the deafeningness of this silence and no movement at all. Miss Alderton, you see Mr. Greylocks has stopped, but you don't notice anything else unusual. I've immediately got the rifle in my hands. Something up? Do you hear that? Hear what? Exactly. There's nothing. It's nothing. Take a quick swig, eh, Dad? As you guys are talking, even though you're probably talking in sort of whispered or sort of very close together, your words seem to echo around these woods. You hear it too, Miss Alderton, although it's not as striking to you. It's not as odd. And Lydia sort of keeps saying, I don't like this. I do not like this at all. No. Like, we need to find Jane. Let's, let's get what we need to and let's get out of here. Okay, so you, I would say currently you've come up, just for ease, you're coming up to sort of uh, from six o'clock. If you look at the house, the, sort of the front porch is sort of in front of you. Currently, from what you see, the door is shut. Uh, the windows seem boarded up. What would you like to do? Would you like to sort of... Presumably not march into the clearing. You're going to circle around it? Or are you going to try and see a different angle? What's the plan? Uh, I think we'll try and get up to the cabin, but using as much as, of the undergrowth as possible. If we've got to skirt around to get closer and stay out of sight, then let's do that. Okay. Are you stealthing up then? Probably. Mm. Can you both do a stealth check for me? I mean, I'm bad at those, but it's better than just walking up openly. Fine. Lydia will also do one. Oh, no. Also, no. no. Okay. Straight 90, so complete fail for Lydia. Fail. Yep, three fails. That's fine. Good to know. You enter the clearing as, as quietly as you can, maybe using, you know, going from tree to tree. And actually, Miss Alderton, as you sort of put your hand on a tree, you feel the bark, the sort of the weird twist feeling, and you look up, and it's, again, one of those twisted trees you saw earlier, but this one looks so different to the others. This one was almost like twisted as if a giant had sort of twisted it and turned it into this, twisted it. It looks like it's almost in pain. The branches sort of sticking out, weedy little things, a horrible sort of a greenish, yellowish sort of tint to it. It looks practically dead. But you all feel it as soon as you sort of step into the grove and you take a moment, there's sort of a, a musk. You didn't really get in the forest before, but it's now so clear here. Scent of sort of dirt. <sighs> And decay. Do you go further? Yeah. yeah. So you're going up closer. And actually, as you see it coming up onto one side, so you would have if you're trying to skirt for the universe, come up to, let's say, the right side of the house. And you both see it at the same time. In the distance, maybe at the far back of the clearing, is a tree that stands out. And that's where the smell is coming from. Halfway up the tree, impaled on a branch, is a young man. His torso, a shred with just a huge branch covered in blood sticking out of it. He is about 15, 20 feet off the ground. And you both make for me sanity checks at seeing such a horrific sight. My mind's snapping like a twig. Oh dear. <laughs> Fail? Yeah. Okay. Miss Alderton? Oh, you see that kind of thing in every day back at home. I'm fine. Success. Excellent. Uh, I'm really losing my share at this point. <laughs> Lydia also passes. Okay. Can you roll for me, Mr. Greylock, 1d4 sanity loss, please? 
Three. Three. All right, and you lose that sanity. Miss Alderton, both you and Lydia sort of like are aghast. Um, oh, Matt. Just a horrific like, uh. uh and maybe Lydia turns around and it's, again does the drive heaving thing. Mr. Greylock, because you, you failed your sanity check, you do an involuntary action. That rifle you had out, you suddenly squeeze the trigger and a bullet shoots and it deafens all three of you because you're in such close range. The ringing in your ears, the sounds like, again, with this quiet forest, it amplifies over and over again. And then it goes to quiet, losing all cover you had, if any. He's about 30 feet away from you just now, so you can't get, I mean, depends if you want to have a good look at his face or not. Lydia. Uh-huh. You, Sydney, you knew Sydney, right? I'm sorry to ask you this, Cookie, but do you recognise the man? Is that him? Uh, I'll have to go closer. I can't tell. Uh, I don't know. Should we check the cabin first? Yeah, let's do that. Yes. Bad business. Reload. <laughs> Gun out. <laughs> All right. So, are you? What's the plan through the cabin? Are you going to try and like go through the front door or get close? I want to listen by the door first. Yeah. I want to listen by the, the window. Door. So the windows are boarded up from what you see, and actually coming a little bit closer, <laughs> not currently stepping too close to it now. You can see that they've been hurriedly boarded up from the inside, like bits of like uh, furniture, bits of things like boarded up completely. It looks like a rush job. What you can tell. Does it look like anyone has tried to get in from the outside? Oh, that is a good point. Make a spot hidden check for me, please. (laughs) It's just a success, 44. (laughs) Nice. Looking at it now and actually seeing, and I think you would do this before you'd go up to the door, I will give you that. The whole door itself is riddled with bullet holes. But with that success as well, you can tell, looking around, you see there's cases on the outside, but not so many on the porch itself. Do you suspect someone was shooting out from the house at something outside? Right. Looks like someone was under siege and firing at something. I... Should I call out? It's... I don't know. Jane? Jane, are you in there? And I will step back and away from the trajectory of the door holes. Okay, good to know. So there's silence. I I will gesture for Mr. Greylock to do the same. Oh, I'm already well back. (laughs) I was not agreeing with this plan. (laughs) (laughs) So there is a moment of silence as your words sort of echo, Jane, Jane. And then there is an almighty bang as something opens the door and shoots at you, Miss Alderton, but with disadvantage, because you did move back. You were deliberately waiting to see if anything matched, though. Oh, that's, that's lucky. You dodged away as this sort of sawn-off shotgun cocks. Yeah, you both probably dodge out of the way. And you just hear... And a male voice is like, Give her back! Give her back or I'll kill the lot of you! And the door slams shut again. Did he say, give her back? I do believe he did. And Lydia goes, I reckon, Sydney? Sydney? 
Will Mr. Greylock and Miss Alderton get through this forest and find Jane? Or will something or someone get there first? Find out next time on What Am I Rolling? The What Am I Rolling podcast was created, recorded and edited by me, Fiona Howard. This episode's players were David T. Cox and Sam Robbins. This episode's RPG was Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game by Chaosium. You can find out more information about Call of Cthulhu and buy related RPG products on the Chaosium website. That's www.chaosium.com. The theme music was 8-Bit March by Twin Musicon of twinmusicon.org, licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. If you want to find out more about the podcast, check out the website. That's www.wairpodcast.com. Finally, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at WAIR underscore podcast for the latest news on upcoming episodes. And remember, adventurers need not apply. <laughs>